We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we all know that no one can change for us. What we don't necessarily know is that no one changes like us. So what is the nature of change for you? Change is not only a matter of desire, determination, or action. Now, all of these pieces of the puzzle are important, but there's more to it, a missing piece. This week, our guest is Laura Young, author of The Nature of Change. And during this show, we'll be talking about how to put all the pieces of this puzzle together. We'll discuss the power of the unconscious and how befriending its holdings offers greater success. And we'll look at some tools to assist in going beyond fear of change in our own signature way by looking at our personal patterns both when we decide to change and when change is thrust upon us. Laura is a psychotherapist, author, and the radio show host on Voice America of Life Resource Center Solutions who runs the Life Resource Center. So if you're in the throes of change, you don't want to miss this show. Laura is a life coach, a licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and a certified clinical hypnotherapist. She draws on many years of clinical experience, with the last 16 being in her private practice, Life Resource Center in Montgomery, Alabama. Laura specializes in the resolution of grief, relationship struggles, the challenges of life transitions, as well as the healing of early childhood traumas. She gives presentations, write articles, writes articles for publication, and is the manifestation expert on selfgrowth.com. Her book, The Nature of Change, is available through her website, liferesourcecenter.net and amazon.com. Like I said, she also hosts her own radio show, Life Resource Center Solutions on Voice America, and her show is a dialogue with others offering encouragement, upliftment, information on how to become more fully alive. During her show, Laura offers tools that will assist in self-understanding for others, including those who may never seek professional help. So we're really glad to be talking to Laura today. Welcome, Laura, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you, Andrea. I'm happy to be here. Such a wonderful day as it is here in Alabama. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, we, this little book, I want to say to to our listening audience and to you as well, one of the things I love about this book is that it's little and that people who are in the throes of a trauma who don't want to be able or a, or a change 
life change situation. You don't want to sit down for a long period of time and peruse some uh, studious book on change can really get to and through your book fairly rapidly and, and do some real important work while they're doing it. So I really encourage our listening audience to get this book. All right, so we're going to, well, I want to talk a little more about uh, what's in the book. You know, there's a lot of books about change out there, Laura. And so what's different about your book? What makes your diff- book different? Well, um, there is a lot. There are a lot of books out. And uh, what I found as I went through my changes earlier and still going through as a life pattern and is that a lot of uh, authors will tell you a lot, give you a lot of shoulds about changing and you know, five quick steps of how to do it, and almost guarantee if you follow these steps, change will take place. Now, I'm not saying all, but many, you know, and it's very confusing for people when they follow steps and then they don't have the results that uh, that they yearn for. So what I, what I did was look at after years of working with people in... Uh, all manner of changes, and actually there's an old um, Hebrew proverb that says change takes but, but an instant, but it is our resistance to change that takes, can take a lifetime. So what I wanted to do was to, to shore up the underpinning so people would fully understand or more fully understand what gets in their way, what is the, what's causing their resistance, what causes their resistance, may be very different to, than what causes mine or somebody else's and really looking at um, at the places that they may not have access to like the unconscious and ways to access that to understand more what's in there maybe blocking blocking their way so um, with my book there's it's really like there's no guarantees there's no frequent flyer miles it's like what it's the essence of change and building a personal power base, a feeling of more, being more fully alive as a result of change, being more courageous, being stronger. That's the reward. It's intrinsic in the doing, not, not a goal-oriented process. All right. Well, that you know what that sounds like is you're saying there's just no canned approach to this process of change. I'm having a little trouble hearing you. I'm sorry. Okay. What we're what I'm what it sounds like you're saying is that there's really no canned approach no. to this process of change. No. And we're also we 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 all yearn for similar things in life or similar experiences, but and we're more alike than different. But we do have to honor our differences and. And I feel like um, that we have a way, if we look at our storyline in life, if we look at our life and how we change, we have a signature way that we look at. Now, we may have to change it because it may hold us back sometimes because we have too many steps in it. I know my idealized way of changing would be to be a hare, to do it quickly. However, the, the truth is, the realistic me is I'm more like a turtle. I do it slowly. And then before I get self-directed, I'm more apt to mull around and it looks like I'm really doing nothing, but I'm like the seed in the ground in the dark. It's Something is germinating. So even though I have an idealized way, I wish I could do it faster, I tend to have a signature way of doing it when I come up against 
major changes. And as I talk to my clients over the years, everyone has their, if they would get to know themselves at a deeper level, they have a tendency to do, go into change a certain way. Of course, when change is thrust upon us quickly or violently or tragically, if, you know, we have often marveled at people being able to pull up that courage and put it to the sticking place and get through some really fast, swift changes. But sometimes the courage, which is in all of us, is more available to them because it is fast. They don't have time to mull around or to judge or to worry. They have to do it. That's not, you know, for all people, but you do notice in times of tragedy, hurricanes, accidents, deaths, illness, people seem to find that inner resource more readily because they don't have time to to fret it out. They they just have to do it. Yeah, but don't they then have to sort of let that settle to the bottom over some time, even if they have had that really rapid sort of adjustment, okay, this is reality, I've got to dig in here and I've got to do this and I've got to rebuild my house and I've got to whatever, whatever. But then the, the emotional shifts and balances that happen, happen slowly after that. You're, that, you're you, so right. It, absolutely. Sometimes they have to, when they have time to reflect and get mindful, you have to be willing to do maybe, you know, maybe some grief work or look at what was lost or what had changed that hadn't in the changing. You didn't have time to process. It's true. That, yeah. that happens, uh, well, I think anyone who goes through a major change uh, would do themselves an injustice if they didn't stop and reflect and try to process it at when they, as soon as they got time. Okay. So what? So what's the difference between uh, changes we make from an external pressure and the changes we make because our soul seems to be urging us to make a change? How do we know the difference? Yeah, I'm intrigued often about motives in change, and and I don't. I say to people. Uh, mostly, you know, I wrote this book for people who may never seek psychotherapy, may never need to, may never want to, but maybe getting stuck in some life issues. But uh, it's the mode, you don't just change because someone says you should, you know, weigh a certain weight to do a certain thing. Uh, that could be a vanity change, which isn't a sole motive, but it also could be for health and for someone to be able to be more active and have a healthier, more engaged life. It, it just depends on, we, we seem to be in our society, um, we get a bit frenetic and goal-oriented about change instead of really reviewing our lives and looking at what is the underpinning here? What is it I really yearn for? It, it may be a healthier, more active body, or it may be more abundance, but maybe that abundance is not necessarily working 14 hours and getting a new job. It might be appreciating the abundance that's all around and be more into relationships and the abundance of uh, the beauty and the love that's in that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. about always stopping and reflecting and not jumping willy-nilly into change just because, you know, an author says you should and you can do it easily or you should do it this way. Or on TV, they'll say, you know, you can have this uh, wonderful 
body or in and I know you're into uh the the law of attraction Andrea where you know you have certainly taken a stand on that about uh uh looking at the underpinnings of why things are not occurring as you would wish or yearn for and what is the soul direction in it rather mm-hmm. than what people think we should do yeah, I, I think that's true, and, and it sounds like what you're saying is regardless whether it's external pressure or internal pressure, what you've got to do is sort of get closer to um, what, what's the soul designed for that pressure. Yes, and what does the pressure, um, it, it, you really have to go back and it has to be your change. Uh, yeah. Just because I think I have a friend who smokes and I think he should quit I mean, I can encourage him, but he has got to want to do it for him for it to be a meaningful soul change. Absolutely. And And we're going to come back after the break and talk some more about change and the nature of change and how it is specific for you. So stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community. 
in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And we're talking today with Laura B. Young about her book, The Nature of Change. And what we were saying just before the break, Laura, was that, uh, and I think it's a very important point, that sometimes we think that we should be able to orchestrate someone else's change, but that it has to come within them. You want to say some more about that? Well, I have found that um, uh, people will come in to see me, of course, and this has happened with me as well, personally, that uh, they're there because people think they should uh, do this or that, but if if their heart and soul is not in it, if they're not yearning to understand themselves at a deeper level, if they, I mean, they may know something is missing, but if they're not willing to risk going a little deeper and trying to understand that, the change will be shallow or, you know, it will be superficial. Let's look at New Year's resolutions, for instance. At nauseum, you know, we make um, New Year's resolutions, which are shallow at best, to, you know, have a good attitude, to practice compassion, to lose weight. And, you know, we're doing, we think we're doing so well with that till someone cuts us off in traffic and then, you know, what happened, you know, do we really understand the underpinnings of compassion and what does that really mean in our life? If you look at our life in, in, in general, can we be compassionate only with the people we love and who are close to us or can we see the person who cut us off in traffic as another us on a bad day? Can we hold them in our hearts while they are being maybe a jerk, you know, it's kind of like uh, that would be a deeper, going deeper into the soul need for change or choosing to be compassionate because you want to live a different kind of life and, and even being compassionate with yourself that when you're changing into um, that space that you'll make all kinds of um, mistakes back and forth. I mean, I know I, you know, for years have worked on um, just a little hot outbursts in in situations, and I've worked on my um, anger or my tendency to be hot and blow it off, and, and then I think I'm doing so well in it, and it's kind of like, all right, um, Someone crosses me in traffic or pulls out in front of me, and then I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that it's fear that triggers that outburst, but it's still there, so I have to go back to the drawing board and try to work at that issue at a deeper level. And uh, if I don't do that, then the change, you know, we can, we can hold pretty much any change for six weeks on a superficial level, but we tend to go back to the old patterns if we don't neutralize them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So well said. I think that's very well said. And I, what you're saying here is that we're not just looking for a change in behavior. We're looking for a deeper shift in consciousness. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. All, right. And, All right. And also knowing ourselves well enough to know whenever we change, giving ourselves an inner permission to do a course correction, if we get down the road and we feel like maybe the change was in haste or maybe maybe 
we're not usually the same person when we end up changing as we were when we started changing and realize that over time it it may take a deeper uh, level or we may have to go back and do um, more of the surface work if if that's getting in the way of stopping and reflecting and actually looking at our lives and saying what is it you know what is what am i doing repeatedly that's not getting me what i would like in life in terms of peace and love and good relationships what am i doing and so often when being a marriage and family therapist when i find a couple will come and quite often by the time they come to me you know the marriage is in pretty dire straits and one of them is dragging the other in sometimes you know you've had that andrea mm-hmm. and if that person that's been dragged in, you know, may have one foot out the door, and if they don't want to really participate at what part they've played in the dissolution of the relationship, it it just is not, you have to honor that. they. I've had a man say to me, look, if I made one change, um, I'd have to make several changes, and I don't think I have the energy, or I don't think I'm up to that. So I... Mm-hmm. You have to honor where people are um, in that uh, he knew, and when he looked at his life, if he was going to change one thing to make it flow, he'd have to be working on some deeper issues, and he didn't want to give it that time, for instance. But what he didn't know, change is going to occur, and relationships don't usually stay the same. They will get richer, or they will spiral down into negativity if you know, if you just don't attend to them. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Well, I think that's interesting that he he was cognizant enough to know that because that's something you talk about in the book that one change really rarely is just one change. Right. Yes, I did respect his uh, being willing to just face it instead of you know warming the seat for a couple of sessions before he you know stopped coming, so to speak. Yeah. And so you yeah. have to honor that too. That's where. Um, a lot of people, you, you can see the potential and you can want them, you can see so much for them, but if they're not ready, um, and, you know, the underpinnings are generally fear, and sometimes loyalty to the family of origin keeps people there so they don't wander too far from the family status, whether that be education or financial or or sometimes, you know, uh, the fear of getting out on the diving board, so to speak, and being uh, changing one's life to make it work for, from an adult perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's one of those deeper issues that is going to just keep popping up until we do either resolve it or decide to live with it or just ignore it or something. It's just going to keep popping up. And that, that sort of does bring us to that individualized notion of change. And you were talking earlier about that of about uh, in the beginning of the show how you change more like a turtle and instead of the hare. And so talk about, if you will, and we just have a few more minutes before the break, but I want to at least get started with it, uh, the, the idea of how each one of us has their own signature way of changing. Yeah, um, of course I will. The, um, some of us are a mixture, you know, in between. No one is like true hare or true turtle, but I I think I'm as close to a true turtle as I have found. And uh, it's kind of like 
there's levels of why why do you resist the change and it's uh, sometimes it's fear of of being isolated by family of origin fear is of course the underpinning of why we don't move in life in general and uh, sometimes it's uh, it's the consequences of uh, change and People are wise to realize there are always consequences to change. And so some people will hold back because they're, they, they're afraid of the unknown. And they, but then sometimes to overcome their fear of the unknown, sometimes people will rush impulsively into change. And then sometimes as a result of that, they'll have to do a course correction or they'll find that they're sabotaging what they're really yearning for at a deep level, what they rushed into will not feel that Swiss cheese hole inside, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's kind of like, like having to stop and review and reflect. How have I changed at major junctures during my life? How have I gone into it? How have I faced it? What is my level of courage? Have I been building courage all along to do bigger and bigger things? Or have I narrowed my world down into a small little box that I'm trying to keep safe in, knowing very well that isn't safety that adds to, you know, boredom and a loss of full full life? Yeah, yeah. Safety can become one of the most dangerous things we do sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we can't really, um, there is no real security and safety if we don't find it within, but it's really hard to get that concept across to, to someone who's clinging desperately to small uh, versions of life, smaller and smaller versions of life. Mm-hmm. So when change comes upon a person like that, who's who's really sort of really wanting to have that smaller version of life, but it is thrust upon them, what what kind of reaction do you typically see? Well, it's like the um, the oak tree and the willow tree. They haven't built gradually built the strength to be able to withstand the storm, and quite often don't have the resilience. They may become. Um, less of who they are instead of more because they, they they may break in the storm rather than of course there's exceptions everywhere and but uh, I remember um, a young woman who was real dependent on her parents and her her mother was the last to die and I wondered what she was going to do because of her dependency and not ever very intelligent had a career but never left home, so to speak, emotionally. After her mother died, somehow she garnered up a whole big piece of personal power and started acting on it and became a stronger and stronger person. It seemed like she had loyalty to her mother's way of life where her she kind of related to the mother's um, being a, a weaker and uh, fearful of life. Mm-hmm. And somehow when the mother died, she somehow got the resilience and her life is, is very full today. But she was 
she stands out in my mind because she's more of the exception. Yeah, I have seen that happen with people as well, that, that uh, during a crisis like that, they sort of give themselves permission because mom and dad are gone now. They're sort of free to say, okay, I'll do it my way now. Yes, yeah, so, it becomes a freedom. Yep. All right, well, we're going to be talking about more, uh, more about change and the nature of change and how it's specific to you when we come back in just a moment. So stay tuned for more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back today with Laura Young, the author of The Nature of Change, a wonderful little book that really does go into the depth of change, does not give you a one, two, three, four, five path and you will change this way, but rather helps you explore yourself and your own personal way of changing. So it's a really good book. I really would encourage you to, to get it. It won't cost you a lot of money. You can get it on Amazon.com or you can get it on her site. Which is, uh, can you say that for us, Laura? Yes, liferesourcecenter.net. Okay, liferesourcecenter.net. Okay. All right, well, I want to talk a little bit about how the unconscious and the unconscious, the conscious and the unconscious are in conflict when it's time to change. Can you give us some examples of that? My favorite subject. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, What, I wanted to give you an example because a lot of times consciously we're wanting to make a change and we know we need to and we really yearn to do it and we're wondering why we seem to be stuck and not moving and uh, on the change that we know at a deep level we need to make. So what, uh, <clears throat> what I uh, 
find what happens when we're very young from age, before the age of reason, before age seven, we tend to, to experience the world in slow, slow brain waves. We're, we're not in beta, which is where we are, most of us running around and doing too much and overdoing and staying in our heads. We're in beta and high beta, in my opinion. But we move through uh, theta and delta, which are very slow brain waves. And what happens is, in that particular state, whatever we're experienced uh, in our environment, from our family, from the church, from the, the culture, tends to make a deep, deep impression. And um, uh, people's voices, you know, when people speak harshly to us and say, oh, you, you, you stupid girl, that is very harsh. It goes into our un- unconscious in that particular brain state as if it were like a knife. Now, it may take about 10 at a girls, you're such a good girl. If you notice, people say negative things in very sharp ways, like a laser. But when they say positive things, it seems to be a lighter speech and it has less passion to it. So it, so we, we incur this picture of ourselves or this idea about ourselves based on everything we take in while we're going through this, this, this stage in life. And then it's all, we, we get into living and we, it, it gets all cloaked. And in, in there, of course, it's not just our shadow, dark places or, 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 or places where we do, don't value ourselves, but also in there is our creativity, our joy, our, our power, our personal power, our feeling of being passionate in the world, that, that 360 degrees of living and passion. So... All, it's all in there, in the unconscious. Now, sometimes we fear changing, and we don't know why on the conscious level, but deep down, when we were very little, say, for instance, it could be that if you change, Mama will not, I won't be Mama's favorite, or Mama won't, Mama, it'll, I had a young uh, uh, woman I saw her earlier when her parents were divorcing, and then I saw her again, and she wondered why her life wasn't full and passionate. Well, she was 360 degrees of energy when I um, met her at the time of the parents' divorce. But what happened was mom, after the divorce, started to develop migraine headaches. And mom would say, oh, no, be still. Be still. Mama has a headache. Be still. Be quiet. Um, mom and mom would spend a lot of time in a darkened room. So as a result of the divorce, she lost her family uh, systems. She lost her dad as she, as she knew him. I mean, she did see him part-time. And she lost her mom as an engaged part of a family. So she just crumpled her energy down, down, down to the point where she just went kind of walled off from her emotions and so when she then she did all the right things and went to the right schools, got the right grades, and became an accountant, I believe it was or finance, somewhere in finance. And she came to me and said, I, I'm not happy. I don't know. I have a good job. I should be, 
I want to change. I don't know how. I don't know what to do because I'm not happy in this. Even though I should be, I should be happy with all I have. I have a lot in life. I'm making good money. Well, in her unconscious, what I helped her do was to learn how to let get out of her head, get into that lower energy, that lower, not lower energy, lower brain waves. And you can do that. I use hypnosis because that's a tool that's helpful for me. But there's many other ways. There's, and I address that in the book, there's mindfulness, that mindful meditation. There's slowing down and reflecting. There's prayer time. There's dreams. Our dreams are rich with um, nudges from the unconscious. And the, the, the worse the dreams are, the, quite often the stronger the message is to pay attention because it's trying, your unconscious is trying to get something across to you. Anyway, I helped her get into a lower, state, lower brain waves and get relaxed and kind of recapture what was really important to her when she was that little girl, 360 degrees of energy before she had to tamp it down to because she was afraid that she lost daddy, she'd lose mommy if she didn't be a certain way. And that's an example of how when she wanted to make change on a conscious level, her unconscious was holding her back. The unconscious was saying, don't change, something bad will happen. There will be a loss. There will be something bad will happen if you change. So hers was a pretty straightforward uh, situation because I knew her when she was a bit younger, and then I knew her, um, you know, like 10 years later. So that's one example of, does that help? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a real good example, and I think you, what you said is that when we change and we encounter our own resistance, that there, that it, it's not because we're, you know, we kind of want to hit ourselves on the head and say, why can't I get this, you know? Yeah. But if we go deeper at a deeper level, we might find that there are messages coming at us from under there, under the surface, that really are, are prohibiting any further action on our parts. Would you agree with that? I didn't hear the last question. Well, the, I, I just said that the, the, when we, we, if we go deeper, we often find, like you said, that there's some message in there that we can become conscious of that is in the unconscious. But once we become conscious of it, we can begin to work with it and 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 change slowly the messages. Yes, and and that is that was developed as a way of protecting her at an earlier age. And what we have to do when we go back in is sort of get permission and ask that little girl who made that decision at five or six if she'd be willing to learn new ways because now the the adult um, person has more resources and more ways of handling life. But she's kind of stuck at that scarred place of five or six years old. And it's called the disarming uh, that place inside, it's kind of joining the unconscious, asking the unconscious to work with you instead of fighting it as we tend to do on a surface level. And we can all do that. Journaling is a wonderful way to do that. And you may have used that in your practice. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm recalling Carl Jung's uh, ideas about active imagination where you can actually have a dialogue, written dialogue with this, um, you know, the child at five or some dream figure or or something like that that will help you really um, sort of just imagine what she would say back and then you can talk to her and she says something back, all of that. Yes, it's really powerful too. If you get into that um, quieter reflective energy, that where you slow yourself down and and just free flow whatever comes up it's a wonderful powerful way of of accessing the unconscious i have another example do we have time right now or yeah i think we have we can go ahead and start and if we have to cut you off we will and okay, then we'll come back good. to it i got that okay um, One was I had this man come in, and he wanted to quit smoking. He was 37 when he came to me, and he said he had tried many times before and would be successful for a few days but would go back to smoking. And this time he's saying he wanted it for his health, and uh, he wanted to go forward as a family man and not have smoking a part of the daily ritual around his house and so he'd be a better, also a better example to his children. He had a couple of children. So what I figured I needed to help him do was to find out what the obstacles were in the unconscious since he had tried to quit several times before. So his story, and I'll call him Joe, his story began really when he was about 16 and started to drive. So smoking at the time helped him look cool. It also helped him relax because he was pretty anxious around girls. But when he had his car and his cigarette and felt cool, he, f- he felt things clicked for him a lot better, with, uh, especially with the girls. And he associated smoking with the carefree days of youth. So part of this conflict for him was what we found his association with smoking wasn't the the dangerous side of smoking, but it was that place where he used to go and feel really cool, really good, full of energy and full of life. And now at 37, he was dragging a bit, and um, shouldn't be, but he was. And he's you know attributed that to heavy smoking for a lot of years. So what what his core beliefs were around that piece about being cool and and younger and carefree. So part of it was to help him address his unconscious and make some agreements that maybe now he could have a a course correction and have something more important in his life that he would choose to do that would be more in keeping with how he wanted to live now. But he had to get the 16-year-old Joe on board and... uh, sort of disarm him in some ways, talking to him and asking him permission and doing dialogue with him so he could come on board and make an agreement. And as a matter of fact, he was pretty resistant and said he'd make an agreement for six months. And if if things weren't really good after six months, he was going back to smoking. This was the young Joe. Okay. More on that. Yeah, so we can come back to that in a minute. I, I want to talk some more about that. So... We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a minute with more from Authentic Living and Laura Young.
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking today to Laura B. Young, the author of the book The Nature of Change, and uh, who has also her own radio show on Voice America on Friday mornings at eight p.m. eight a.m. Excuse me, eight a.m. Um, Pacific time. Um, so you should be listening in for that on Seventh Wave as well. And uh, we've been, we were talking just before the break, Laura, about one of your one of the people that you worked with who used to smoke. And we talked during the break about uh, I had my own story about that 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 I used to smoke uh, a long time ago, and I and I um, slowly resolved that issue. But what, what it took was to be able for me to recognize that that the reason I smoked was because I wanted to be bad, that I was good everywhere else. I was a good mother and I was a good employee and I was good this, that, and the other, but I just needed to be bad. So I smoked to be bad. And uh, so I guess I could have chosen a worse vice, but it was difficult to let go of, but I finally did. Well, yeah, quite often then to change, um, to make a change in a serious established habit like that, you kind of have to put something there to go forward to so you don't get into a feeling of deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that true with a lot of people who try to diet as well, that they, yeah. they, they start that diet and then they feel deprived of some this deliciousness and this comfort and all that that they have, and then they just sabotage it. Yeah, yeah, because underneath they haven't addressed, what will I put there, what will I treat myself with? It could be, you know, a trip to the museum to enjoy the art, the beauty, and, you know, or to de-stress in a, um, 
a hot bath or it's, it's kind of like I say if I have someone come in and say I don't know what came over me I I, I it must have been the alcohol it was I was drinking that night or I would not have made a pass at my buddy's wife and I say to them listen you got to get your boundaries worked out before you drink I mean you know that has to be to be worked out. So kind of when you want to change a habit uh, that's entrenched, and if, like, smoking for Joe represented carefree and happy and young, and he was afraid he'd gain weight if he, you know, if he gave it up, and he was afraid he'd become a fuddy-duddy at some level. And so he had to go forward, and he started exercising, and he started... Um, he had a little interest in um, in cooking, so he expanded that more into cooking with his wife with more nutritional, fun meals. And uh, so he got the idea of putting something in his place and um, what suited him at this stage of life. And quite often uh, we suppress that wild place in us and it shows up, you know, it's kind of like pushing on a balloon when it's in the in your back pocket. It's going to pop up where you least expect it if you don't honor it and figure out a way to uh, to address it. Mm-hmm. Don't you find? Yeah. Absolutely. And I I, I so uh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think so many times what we think is that, and we, we you spoke of the. Uh, you know, the New Year's Eve resolutions, and there'll be a lot of those coming up in the next few weeks that where people are saying, you know, I have, I, I need to change, I need to diet, I need to, you know, quit smoking, I need to stop drinking, or I need a new job, or I need this or the other. And, and, and uh, uh, those changes don't last because we're not operating from that deeper level and we're not negotiating with the other parts of ourselves. And that's kind of what I hear you say. And there's some kind of negotiation that has to take place between the old identifications and where we want to go. Yeah, I have a I have a piece in me I call the orphan Annie. I was my parents died when I was quite young. And uh, whenever I have to make a major change, this this piece that, you know, where she was actually orphaned and had nothing and is and wasn't uh, had no resources. I have to negotiate with this piece now it's less and less as the years go on because I I recognize it and I do it more uh, readily before it gets to be a really stuck place. You know I've been doing it for years, but this piece shows up. It shows up like oh my god, you know we're going to be a uh, bag lady in New York City. I noticed I did choose New York City and not Alabama. I guess it's more interesting there. I don't know, but that piece comes up. And I have to say, I have to negotiate. I have to say, look, you know, that was then, and now I'm able. I have the resources. I have the education. I have, I have more worldly knowledge. I can do this. We have done this several steps before. We can do this one. Come on board. I want you to either rest or come with me and learn how to do this because I need I want you to give me full permission to proceed and I mean I know that sounds like uh, you know but it works 
I mean, mm-hmm. it works. It absolutely does. I totally agree. Yeah, and if you don't, then what happens is she's she's feeling abandoned again, feeling like an orphan again. You've left her behind. You haven't paid attention to her, and 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 she needs to be heard. Yes, and she clutches. I mean, like like she's pretty willful in her hold, wanting to hold back. Mm-hmm. And I just say, you know, release your little hands. It's all right. We, you know, I mean, literally, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says, Thich Nhat Hanh says, mm-hmm. the, the Vietnamese monk, the holy man, says, treat yourself in times like this when you have fears, like a little baby that you would take in your arms and soothe and croon to, because mm-hmm. that little piece of yourself is frightened. And you need to kind of get it to feel a certain degree of safety and get it on board. Absolutely. And nobody else can do that, can they? No. And that is so wonderful. We don't have to go somewhere else to get it done. If you get in, you know, a place where it's really stuck, I mean, and and you you need sometimes a, a few visits to a professional just to get it moving or to get the the guidelines to, to, to move it a little faster. I mean, all we are, are, we're kind of like guides to help people move a little faster when they're ready. But uh, uh, quite often these uh, journaling, hip, self-hypnosis, inner reflecting, mindfulness meditation, honoring our dreams, all of these, if we will take time and reflect, all of these give us information about our stuck places. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I, and that when the change then does happen, when we pay attention to those messages, we don't leave parts of ourselves scattered all over where we've been. A and B, we we the changes last longer, don't they? And know that you also won't be the same person if you go through a process of change. On the other end of it. You're different. Life won't be the same. Absolutely not. We become, I think I've lived three different people in this lifetime. Yes, at least three. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Laura, for being a part of our show today. And next week we're going to be talking about fear, drama, trauma, and peace right here at this season of peace. So you don't want to miss that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thank you very much, Andrea. I enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.